pickle juice is her favourite drink and her favourite thing to eat is Vegemite on sunflower seeds. Hello, Darksiders. Good afternoon and good morning. Hope everyone is well. Sitting across from me is the amazing slash genius of something I don't know of. I will come (laughs) up with shortly. (laughs) Kagi. Hello, welcome to episode 20. Two zero. Two zero. Um, first off, let me apologize to you, Darksider, for leaving you alone in the dark for so long. We had a series, we had a week, couple of weeks of may- mayhem and mischief. I went away on holiday, then Bluey was terribly ill, and then yeah, we had some technical still a issues. Bit raspy. So I'm sorry, but we are back here with you in the dark. Yep, swinging. Um, okay. All right. Swinging all right. what exactly? Oh, uh, swinging something. Cucumbers. Oh, cucumbers. okay. Okay. Um, yes. So we're back. It's episode 20. We're ready. We're raring to go. Bluey, have you got an icebreaker? Jumping at the bit. In fact, yes, I do. Everyone can play along. Bit hard if you're on your own, I suppose. Yeah. I do encourage people to sort of like think about these questions at home as we do. But them. if you could rename, if you could rename yourself, give yourself any name, it can be just your Christian and surname, it could be just one of them or both of them. What would it be and why? So this is a really good question. I actually really like my name. I probably wouldn't rename myself. I like my name. I think my name is really rad. It is. However, I have always liked the name River. River? Yeah. Just Probably from the chick from Firefly. Oh, really? Yeah, I would name myself after River from Firefly. Maybe. I don't know. I like to think that maybe I'd be really creative and invent a new name. Oh, I like the idea of that. Or like call myself like slightly bar faster or something. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah. Oh God, is that what you'd call yourself? No, I have actually got a really. I think my answer is pretty good, and I have a reason for this. I met a dude in the middle of the night. We were coming down and we were going okay. not not like that in a club. He was busting some okay. moves, and uh, he said he wanted to change his name because yeah, he. Uh, I think he was recently moved to this state. Mm-hmm. This is probably 20 plus years ago. And uh, we're on our way to the uh, Gourmet Weekend down south. I don't know if it's got a different name. So we knocked off work. We jumped to the cars about 3 o'clock in the morning. We're in a club in Adelaide doing an all-nighter and then going down to this Gourmet Weekend the next day. And I met this gentleman and he wanted to change his name. And I want to change – if he changed his name, I said I'd change my name to his name, which is Pasquale Papadimitriaz. Oh, yeah, so oh, I love it. Pasquale, if you ever listen to this episode. That name drips shout with out. flavor. Yeah, Pasquale Papadimitriaz, which when he told me that, I said, you can't change it. That How name could you is ever? That's gold. phenomenal. Pasquale. So, that was yeah. my name I tattooed on my forehead. Pasquale. I don't know if there's enough room. Yeah, you'd have to use two lines. i got a real big forehead. Yeah, no, so you'd be right. i got more of a five yeah. So work out well. Maybe that's cool. Fine. Yeah, Pasquale Dimitriaz is my great. Uh, I like spirit it. name, I suppose you could say. Oh, I like that a lot. That's my really inner cool. Pasquale. No, I think that's cool. Yeah. I'd like people to call me Pap. That could be my nickname. Pap? Yeah, as in Pap Dimitrios. Okay. Hey, Pap. You run the risk of being called Pap's meow. Okay, I might have to rethink that. Meow. <laughs> okay, so let's move right along. This week, Blue. Yes. I'm going to tell you the story of a woman named Martha Needle. Martha Needle. I like Have you it. ever heard of Martha Needle? No. I'd, I'd call her Needles. You would call her Needles? Yeah. Okay. I think that's cool. All right, I'm going to show you a photo of Martha. Martha. 
Okay, black and white, standing in the Victorian gate, wearing very Victorian clothes, um, rocking the shoulder pads. She is. She's a bit of a power dresser. And I have one more there. Yeah, okay. This she's, is her in her morning dress. She's in as, as in early do morning you, dress? No, morning do you okay. know about yes. Victorian morning clothes? Oh, they're just black. Yeah, I mean, essentially. For a period of time, they wear black, and then they go on to dark purple. Okay. And then they, when they leave their period of mourning, they can dress in their normal attire again. Okay. But they're very specific, uh, heavy, starchy clothes. Like, mourning dresses were very – they weren't just black. They were a very oh, okay. specific thing. Yeah. But, not, um, not comfortable. That was traditional. So that's Martha. She's quite pretty, isn't she? Needles, yeah. Yeah, needles. She's pretty. Um, I'm going to tell you about Martha. Please do. She's got a very interesting life story. I think you're going to enjoy it. Sure. So Martha was born on the 9th of April in 1863. Okay. In Morgan, South Australia. Do you know where Morgan is? Yeah, I've been um, aquaboarding or kneeboarding. Oh, it's that sounds fun. Yeah, it's on the river. It's on the river. Cool. So heading down the Australia's longest river, the River Murray. But, um, yeah, Morgan's quite a cool place, a couple of groovy pubs and yeah, lots of shacks and houseboats. And... That sounds cool. Yeah. We should check it out. I quite like the name Morgan as well. You do? Yeah, I do. Morgs. Morgs. So she was originally born Martha Charles, and her father died quite soon after she was born. In So in 1870, her mother remarries a, na- a man named Daniel Foran. I think it's Foran or Foran. 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 And together they had two more kids. Family lived together in a small two-room house in North Adelaide. Three kids in a two-room house. That yeah. sounds shit. Um, in North Adelaide, they were poor, and later in life, Martha would claim that she was beaten regularly and viciously by her mother, who police reports describe as having, this is great, convictions for drunkenness, indecent language, I mean, who amongst us, and willful damage. What a great way. It's such an eloquent way of describing someone who's an alcoholic yeah, and violent. Like, yeah, yeah she'd booze hug. A neighbour later gave evidence stating that Martha's mother used to beat her pretty severely at times, um, saying that I've seen her hit with a stick and she told me that her mother used to tie her up and hit her with a rope. Oh, really? A rope seems like a weird thing to hit a kid with, but it actually does sound like it would fuck a rope you up. a couple of knots in it. Yeah, that it's sounds brutal. pretty brutal. I fucking don't get kids who beat up people that beat up on little kids, eh? No. Uh, it's so fucked up. Like, it's messed up. Speaking of fucked up, when she was 11, she was molested by her stepfather who was jailed for the crime. The South Australian advertiser ran an article on the 4th of April, 1876, that read, Daniel Foran, who was charged with indecently assaulting his stepdaughter, Martha Charles, at Adelaide in December of 1875, was found guilty and next brought up for the sentence. His honour alluded to the enormity of the crime of which the prisoner had been found guilty and sentenced him to the full term allowed by the Act, two years hard labour. So Martha Needle, she's her old man passed away. Her mum used to beat her with Mm -hmm. rope and stuff, so it was pretty tough. And then her stepfather molested her. her. So she's not having a great start actually charged for the crime, which seems rare for the time. Like, I read a lot of these stories and nothing ever happens yeah. to the abuser. Um, but you know what really fucking shocked me is that they published her name in the paper. At the time? Yeah, yeah. they don't do that anymore. Like, they they actually, like, said the name of the child and 
she was only 11 and they fucking added yeah. her in the paper like yeah. that's fucked up it's tough yeah that's insane they fucking don't do that anymore so at age 13 martha gets a job it's what facebook's for it's what facebook's for exactly fucking facebook. so at age 13 martha gets a job as a housekeeper and she leaves home which yeah. i mean i probably would too yeah get out there yeah when she's 18, she marries Henry Needle. Now, I read two names here. In one article, I read that her husband's name was Henry. And in another article, I read it was Arthur. Which so, one would we like? I'm not really sure which one's true, but I got Arthur from a website called the Public Records of Victoria. Yes. And I got Henry from Wikipedia. Okay, let's let's walk our way through it. So we've got, <laughs> hello, my name is Arthur Needle. Oh. All right, so that's the Arthur Needle. It sounds dark. Hello, my name is Henry Needle. Okay. Which, which one do you prefer? Which one are we leaning to? I, thi- I think I like Henry. Henry Needle? Yeah, it sounds good. Let's just call him Mr. Needle. Yeah. That sounds like a fucking, that sounds like a villain Needs. from a kid's movie. Needs. 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 Okay. All right, if that's what you want to go with. So Needs is described as a short built, a short, strong built carpenter who's five years her senior, which is not really a lot. No. Um, they were described as comfortably situated and well matched. Together they have three girls named Mabel, Elsie, and May. Okay, so she's got on with her life. She's got on with her she's life. Had some hard times. She's met a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Don't know if he's a gentleman or not. Needs, hopefully, he's a good fella. She's had a family. Hopefully things are getting a bit easier. They moved to Richmond in Melbourne in 1885. Well, that is definitely the most overrated Ooh, football team. Tiger most Land. overrated we're football club in the Hawaii AFL. Curry, we're from Tigerland. <laughs> Don't be a hater, baby. I'm not a hater. I don't even know who they are. I've never heard of them. Uh, I think that's not true. After the move, things sour between Martha and, and Needs. Being sour, seven years, seven yeah. years. So Martha, as it turns out, Martha was a hottie for the time. You, you saw her. She's you, a hottie. You go get it, Needles. Yeah. So she enjoyed hanging out with the blokes. Yeah. He liked. She liked the attention. Lots of women do. That's yes. fine. Whatever. Arthur was shy and he became increasingly jealous. Okay. Eventually he began beating her regularly. Oh, which God damn these. It's not fucking cool, Needs. Use your words, not your fists. Yes. A flighty disposition, fond of company, and with a weakness for the admiration of the sterner sex, which was invariably accorded her. So I basically think what they're saying there in their fancy Victorian way is that Martha loves the D. And the D loves her. Good for her. Well, it sounds like she's got some, some issues, maybe some daddy issues, I hate to say it, but... She's obviously looking for something from men that she's not currently getting. So her husband becomes increasingly jealous. The situation gets worse. The marriage becomes even more strained and violent. In 1889, Needs falls ill with acute vomiting and also it was noted that his behaviour was odd. So he dies... On October the 4th, 1889. 89, he pulls the pin. He pulls the pin. So, so daughter's died. Mm-hmm. Mabel. Mabes, Mabel died. And now old Henry's pa pulled the pin. Old, 
old Henry slash Arthur. Henry Arthur, Henry Arthur Needle. Maybe, maybe that's why I read two names. Maybe he had two names. Maybe yeah. he was Henry Arthur Needle. Or Arthur Henry Needle. Who knows? Uh, it's not Arthur really relevant because he's very, very dead now. Okay. So despite Martha's tender care, the official cause of death was subacute hepatitis, persistent vomiting, enteric, enteric fever, and exhaustion due to obstinacy. Fucking hell, why is that so hard to say? In not taking nourishment. Okay. Make of that what you will. I fucking chewed that up and spit it out, didn't I? Grief stricken. <laughs> Grief stricken Martha collects two hundred pounds for his life insurance. So I suppose somewhere around mm. the eighty thousand dollary dues mark. Okay. Yeah, dollary dues is a little bit more than a buckaroo. Oh, dollary dues. Yeah. A year goes by, and Martha and her two remaining daughters have moved on from the tragedies that they've suffered and moved on with their lives. When young Elsie, who's now age six, suddenly falls ill. Can't pull a trick, this family, can they? No, no, terrible luck. It's vaguely believed by the doctors that the poor lamb is suffering from the measles. Very commonly wiped out a lot of kids and people back then. Except she's vomiting, which is not necessarily hand in hand with the measles. I don't think. They made a point of sort of pointing it out, commenting on it. So I guess it's not normal. There's something else going on. Yeah. Yeah. Martha appeals and begs the doctor to save her daughter. After suffering terribly for almost two months, poor little Elsie passes away on December 9th, 1980, with her attentive and greatly distressed mother by her side the whole time. Bad genes. It's very sad. A lot of tragedy. Seven months later. So it's just, uh, oh, Martha? It's Martha and May. Martha and May are now. Yeah. So then there were so two. So they're alone in the world. Then, then there, were, there two. were two. Started off as five, now they're two. Now there are two. Seven months later, four-year-old May begins to struggle with deteriorating health. Hang on a minute here. Don't get suspicious. Don't get suspicious. Oh, Don't get rooms. suspicious. The previously healthy young girl began displaying peculiar and troubling symptoms. Can you guess what some of them are? What are you doing, Needles? Constant vomiting. And stomach spasms. Yeah. You're getting suspicious, aren't you? One kid dies, that's the tragedy. Two kids dies, that's absolutely terrible. When you've gone through a husband and a couple of kids and the third one's, I don't know, I'm mm. presuming on the way out. I feel you're putting some puzzle pieces together here. I should become a detective. You should. You'd be an amazing detective and you'd look so sexy in one of them, like, deerstalker hats. Oh, I don't know. I'd picture you as a Sherlock Holmes-style detective. Oh, definitely. With a pipe and a deerstalker. Yes, i to become... Plucking a violin. Annoying. Annoying? <laughs> well, I reckon all Sherlock Holmes portrayals, they're annoying. You think they're annoying? Well, they've got some annoying. They're very That's endearing. Fair. That's fair. They're very annoying. And if they weren't... They wouldn't be the kind of people you'd really want to hang out with. If they, weren't, if they weren't spectacular in their... Um, disposition like brilliant in in their chosen field uh people would hate them you wouldn't want to hang no no for sure no it's just their brilliance makes them interesting but yeah um, it it makes their assholeness tolerable little may dies on the 27th of august 1891 1891 her death was pronounced as tubercular meningitis yeah okay Martha was praised for her kind, loving, and tender care and affection for her youngest child in her final days. Didn't leave her bedside. Didn't leave her bedside. So now there was one. 
So, Martha collects all of her insurance money for her deceased family. Yes. Spends most of it on a massive, elaborate family grave. Okay, so that makes her not look quite so suspicious. So now alone in the world, Martha reaches out to an old friend in Adelaide named Louis Junkin and his brother, Otto Junkin. Otto's Otto, a great what a name. Great name. Yeah, that is yeah a Otto's a great name. name. Who operate, so Otto and Lewis operate and own a saddlery together on Bridge Road in Richmond. Okay. You well, love saddleries. Oh, yeah, I used to love saddleries. You like the smell, yeah, if I, like I remember I do like the smell of the leather and so yeah. saddleries, saddleries. That's a word I think if you say saddlery more than five times, it lose, it becomes really weird. Saddlery, 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 saddlery. It's weird. Yeah, it just gets weird. Yeah, it got weird. So the men allow Martha to sublet the attached house. I read that she was their housekeeper and took in tenants to help make herself a living and support herself. In 1891, Martha and Otto start shacking up. Do they? Yeah. I should have included a photo of Otto because I picture him being a bit spunky. Definitely he'd have a humongous stash. Oh, his moustache is massive. He'd have a massive moustache, bit of toils on the air, and he'd have some mutton chops, I reckon. Oh, Big mutton chops. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And he'd smell like cheese. Cheese? But he runs a saddlery, so wouldn't he smell like leather? Oh, sorry. I've got ahead of myself. I mean, if he smells like cheese and he runs a saddlery. He smells like lanolin. Oh. And cheese. Oh. I'm turned right off, Otto, now. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's 1891, um, and Martha and Otto have shacked up. But Lewis and their older brother, Herman, another great name. Herms. Lewis and Herman disapprove when Otto and Martha announce their engagement. She's no good for you. And the brothers attempt to prevent the engagement. Oh, they step, they're stepping in. They're going. They're stepping in. They're saying that this. they don't approve. Uh, they're not down with this particular we sickness. do not sanction this. Apparently, during this time, Martha starts displaying some odd and erratic behaviour. Sometimes she becomes rigid and unresponsive, unresponsive for lengthy periods of time and at least once, possibly more, she went out searching for her dead children. Yeah, all right. So why Lewis and Herman don't want him to marry this crazy bitch, mm. I, I, I don't know. She, I, I couldn't hazard a guess. She's drinking the mulled wine. Yeah. So obviously she's not okay. No. She's got cheating. It's a concern. She does need help. And she's not living in a period of time in which she's likely to get it. No. So the following year, Lewis falls ill. That's Otto's old. Come on, man. Get a different MO. No, no, she doesn't need one. So Lewis has sore gums and tongue and vomiting. And he dies on May 15th of suspected typhoid. Really? Do you think he had typhoid? I don't think he had typhoid. Okay. In June of 1894, Herman travels to Melbourne. I think he lived in Brisbane, but I can't really remember. Um, I should have written it down. That's what research is for. But he goes to Melbourne because he's got to handle Lewis's affairs. I guess Herman's the older brother. Yeah. He's got to take over. Martha cooks him a nice dinner on his arrival. Welcome to Melbourne, Herman. Let me cook you a delicious stew. Don't eat it, Herman. Herman falls terribly Don't eat it, ill. God damn you, Herman. He recovers quickly, being a strapping man. During the, so he recovers quickly during the night. 
But at breakfast the next morning, he's struck ill once more. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. After a two-day recovery, he's feeling better and he's eating lunch when he's suddenly seized by violent and painful cramps and nausea. Yeah, come on. Look, you eat a meal, you feel like shit, Herman, and then you eat another meal, you feel like shit. Come on, mate. It doesn't take much, does it? Writing's on the wall. So he's treated by a Dr. Boyd for suspected food poisoning. Come on, Boydie. A sample of his vomit is sent to the government lab for analysis. Who wants that job? And is found to contain arsenic coloured by charcoal. Hmm. Similar to popular rat poison at the time, rough on rats, which is used by most housewives at this particular time. The jig, one would say, is up. It's up. Dr. Boyd went straight to the police and reported his findings. Needles. And so the police formulated a plan to catch Martha in the act. So at this point, just for anyone who's not 100% sure, we're suggesting that Martha might be a poisoner. She's a Martha Needles. She's definitely. They do say that poison is a woman's weapon. And I think that's probably a bit of an outdated concept because I know a lot of women have stabbed some fuckers. But, uh, oh, you know them personally? No, well, no, not personal. Well, I do know a couple of people that have stabbed people. Have you? Yeah, we're probably not going to talk about it, right? What? Now. All right, they're definitely. All right, for those of you out there that are looking to get married or shack up with someone, do your due diligence. Don't There's probably should be a series that. of questions you need to ask first. And apparently, I dropped the ball. <laughs> so, if you don't hear from me, send You're someone around. Safe. You're perfectly safe. I haven't even got a life insurance on you yet. Don't worry about it. We'll deal with that this week. Um, (laughs) You do have life insurance on me. So um, what they do is they get Herman to ask Martha to make him some lunch. And she serves. when she serves him up, he quite literally blows the whistle. Oh, really? And the popo come rushing in. Oh, that would have been awesome. It's pretty exciting to picture in your head because they're bobbies old, at that time. They got like old timey, yeah, so old timey, running in with their truncheons. Yeah, um, they're black puddings. Martha and Herman, as the police are coming rush, rushing in, are struggling because Martha is trying to tip out the cup of tea that she'd made. Oh, okay, so she's switched on at this point. She she's, knows. she's figured it out. Well, yeah. I mean, once once your kitchen starts filling up with police officers, I think it's pretty obvious what's happened. And the dude that you're about to drink the tea blows a whistle. Yeah. I don't. I think by no means is she an idiot. No, she's got away with it for quite some time. So upon testing, the tea was found to contain enough arsenic to kill five men. Oh, she wasn't mucking around. She was not fucking Today around was this the day. time. Today was Herman, the day. You're so lucky, mate. I also read in another source that it was enough to kill twenty. So let's go with that because it's a little bit yeah. more salacious. Yeah, Herman. And you dodged, know our tagline: dodged a bullet. So our Martha is not fucking around. A box of rough-on-rats poison is found nearby. Of course. Of course. So this was at a time when you could just go to this, go to the pharmacy and buy arsenic. Yeah. It's so insane. Lewis's body is examined, exhumed and tested and found to contain 3.4 grains of arsenic. Two grains is enough to kill a healthy full-grown man. Okay. It's interesting that they measured in grains. Yeah. I don't know how big a grain of arsenic is, but well, it's it's, like I don't think it's very sand, big. Yeah, I think it's about that. Yeah, I think it's the same kind of measurement. So next up, the police exhumed the bodies of Arthur, Elsie, Mabel, and May. 
all three bodies are tested and found to contain fatal levels of arsenic. Family reunion. It is a family reunion. Martha stood trial on September 1894, charged with attempted murder of Herman and the murder of Lewis Duncan. I don't know why she wasn't, I couldn't find anything about her being charged for the murders of her family. Okay. And maybe there's like a... Um, time limit? A time, yeah. What's that called? A statute? Stat, stat, oh, I can't remember what it's called. Or maybe Doesn't the matter. time in between. I don't know how long it takes a body to, to yeah. know or arsenic to... I don't know. Is it something you could exhume a body and test for that? I don't know. Ten years later or whatever it is and it still be current. I don't know. But I guess they, they just saw fit to charge her for the attempted murder of Herman and the murder of Lewis. Okay. So her defence argued that Martha's long periods of unresponsiveness were indicative of a mental state that left her not responsible for her actions, which is kind of a fair argument. She's obviously nuts. Yeah. And that murdering her children was inconsistent with her apparent behaviour of a loving and attentive mother. Now, we know now about a, a syndrome called Munchausen by proxy. And it kind of fits this perfectly. We'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. But her behaviour as a loving and attending mother actually fits perfectly with what she's done. Yeah, okay. I'm not suggesting, obviously I'm not saying all loving and attending mothers will murder (laughs) their children. That would be an incorrect assumption. Yeah. But it's a part of this particular mental condition. So Otto gives testimony that he noticed that she was subject to fits or faints and they would occur at any time. The fits came suddenly without warning. She would fall suddenly as if she was struck and become quite unconscious. Yeah. So he's he, Otto's on her side, which I should point okay. out at this point. She, he's supporting her. Husband number three, maybe. And he's pretty much taking the stand saying, no, no, my bitch be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But Victorian. So thy bitches be... Victorianly crazy. Yes. <laughs> However, the doctors were called. I just want to say I don't feel comfortable saying my bitches. I I appreciate that. You're a gentleman and a scholar. I can say because I am one. Yes. As an active and practicing bitch, I can say it. A ginger can't call another ginger. A ginger can call another ginger ginger. Yeah. But I can't call anyone a ginger because I'm not a ginger. Ginger nuts. Ginger nuts. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite biscuit. However. The doctors that were called to give evidence were reluctant to commit to a diagnosis. Eventually, the judge rejected claims of insanity, stating that the law cannot wait while philosophers, physicians and scientists settle metaphysical problems. Justice must be swift and sure. Yes, he had a so golf. He'd go play golf. He wanted to play golf. So the Justice Hodges sounds a bit like a hard nut. I think if this had gone down in modern times, uh, it would have gone very differently for Martha. Well, it wouldn't Needle. have gone as long far as this. She would have been institutionalised yeah, a long time the, ago. The, the bodies would have had autopsies, so she would have caught it like that's the true. first time. But they would have recognised the fact that she's mentally unwell yeah. and she would have hopefully gotten the help that she needed and probably quite some time ago and all of this would have been spared. But as it turns out, the jury find her guilty with no recommendation to mercy. They're not fucking having it. Okay. I guess it's a guttural reaction to yes. the concept of a mother killing her children. It's just something that's so abhorrent to people that they're yeah. just like, no, we're not we're doing not this. Enough. So Martha's hanged at Melbourne Jail on the 22nd of October, 1894 at 8am. 
She willed all of her possessions to Otto, who stood by her right to the end, and her final words were, I have nothing to say, which is a classic woman trope. Yeah. Like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say to mm. you. Sounds like a people. classic womanly thing to say. I say it to you a lot. What? Do I you? No, no, I don't. Maybe I should pay more attention. <laughs> So Martha was the third of four women executed at Melbourne Jail. I did not know that there were only four women executed yeah, at Melbourne Jail. Maybe you should do a series I'm going to do a series of all of them. Maybe we'll do it for like International Women's Day or something. <laughs> yeah, that's an oddly weird way to celebrate Women's <laughs> Day, but I think it would be kind of cool too. Yeah, I think so. So her death mask is still on display. So that's a cool thing. Where yeah. is it in display? In, in the jail, I think, in like the... In Melbourne? Yeah, in the in the Melbourne jail in like a museum section. We're definitely going to see that. Uh, here, I've got a photo of it for you. Yeah, wow. They look so... Um, I love death masks. I'm fascinated uh, by them. Yeah, they look... Her death mask looks so... Uh, she, yeah, I don't know how to explain That's it. Crazy, it's isn't it? It just looks like a, a, a plaster cast of a head of a woman with her eyes closed. Like it's... But she has an expression on her face. Yeah, it's she like, does. I don't give two shits. She she definitely looks like the um do the gaff queen. Yeah. Like, you know, she's owning it. Yeah. As much as any dead woman can, I suppose. Yeah. So interesting fact. You to, did you is that something you want to have done, do you? What a death mask. Is that something we can do? I don't know if I'd want to have that. I don't know if it's um, my my approach to anything that is post-mortem with my body is that it would have to be up to you i have specific things i want done with my body in sense of i don't want to be embalmed i want a natural burial burial yeah. or i want to be composted yeah. anything beyond that is purely down to what you want yeah, and what what would make you comfortable what would bring you comfort in that time probably not a death mask having my dead face on the wall is probably not it could make a good book in. i like the idea of it um and i like the idea of doing like a victorian style post part post-mortem photo uh -huh. but again that's not really something we do anymore and i don't think it's going to bring you any comfort so don't do anything that we have a post-death mask. You can have a post-death mask. Like be alive and but have a Yeah, death there's mask. a couple of them floating around, like um from celebrities and stuff that have had like full makeup done. I have to shave my beard off, so I'm not doing one. No, you don't have to do one. That's fine. We'll uh I'll we'll we'll visit a sculptor and have a but that'd be a cool thing to have a bust made of yourself. Mm. It's not really a thing they do anymore. I don't know if I'm into that. No, I'm a bust of you. Like your bust. Just of my bust? Yeah, I've oh, busted God. your bust. Just neck to belly button. <laughs> You're so romantic. Doesn't have to be that much. So I have an interesting fact for you. In 1920, so a good time afterwards, Martha's nephew, Alexander Lee, was hanged at Adelaide Jail for murdering his wife and three of his seven kids with strychnine poison. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? It's in the blood. So I don't know if he got the idea from Martha, which if he did, I mean, she didn't get away with it either, so it's not a great plan. She was an inspiration. Yeah. In all the wrong ways. He didn't really think it through, though. No. Um, but that's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. So interesting. Um, another fun fact, during the Great Depression. I don't know if you call them fun facts. They're fun facts for me. Yeah. I love this stuff. Okay. The Brighton City Council built bluestone walls to protect local beaches from erosion, okay? Yeah. You might not see how this is connected. 
I will tell you. The stones were taken from the outer walls of the old Melbourne jail. Recycling, I like it. And include the headstones of people that had been hung at the Melbourne jail. So I've got headstones there. Yeah, we'll, go, we'll have to go and see it, I think. Yeah. Um, the initials and date of execution are on them. And it's of all of those that are executed and buried on the grounds. Although most were placed with the engraving stones facing inwards, which why the fuck would you do oh, that? Dude. That's so dumb. Needle's stone is faced outwards and the initials MN and the date are clearly visible in the Greenpoint wall. Over time, Sandrift's buried her headstone until its precise location was lost and then eventually rediscovered near Wellington Street. So I think when we visit Melbourne next year to see the Dead South, hooray, I'm so yeah, excited. I'm excited too. I think we go and find Martha Needle's headstone. Yeah, and go see a death mask. Yeah, and we'll go and see a death mask as well. Yeah. That sounds fun. What a oh, romantic yeah. day. That's <laughs> mm, lovely. Blown out all the stops. Oh, love. So a few days after her death, a lawyer named Marshall Lyle wrote to the governor to concede that while Martha had committed acts that are, and this is a quote, utterly revolting and opposed to the natural instincts of woman, she had murdered her children, whom she loved very much and treated affectionately. He claimed it was, end quote, he claimed it was only rational to assume that when a kind mother murders her children, she must be insane. Yeah, Which, yeah. you wrote in this letter after she's been murdered, mate. It's a bit, yeah. it's a bit late. Yep. So, um, but it is a fair assumption. I think Lyle goes on to say, uh, it is a fair assumption, I think. Lyle goes on to say that the criminal administration in the past has been stained with the burning and the killing of thousands of women whom succeeding generations have recognised as insane. What a great sentence. Yeah, that's a great sentence. That's fucking amazing. It's poetic. It is poetic and it's so very true and that we are punishing annually in our jails as a much larger number of insane persons that are officially recognised. I had to include all this because it's such an important argument for the time because this is right at the cusp of when they're starting to look at the fact that mental health plays a role in actions sure. and criminals are sometimes insane Yeah, and, you know, like they're, ju they're just starting to sort of get into that and it's so important. Um, so Martha was very clearly not right in the head. No. But because her crimes were so heinous, it was decided to ignore the fact that she was clearly not okay. And that feels a little bit more like revenge than justice as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, and that's, I'm and not that's condoning what she did. I'm just saying that's how that people act. It's, that's know. how it was back then. Yeah. Um, so Lyle pushes for proper scientific inquiry into Martha's case rather than what he claimed the Crown's use of incompetent medical men urging that the scandals of this nature ought to be avoided in the future. I actually read that a large part of this test for insanity right included in cross-examination of her knowledge of the Ten Commandments. Oh, wow. I mean, for fuck's sake. Yeah, no, no, I'm definitely... The I'll fuck? Be, I'll be condemned immediately. Isn't that mad? Yeah. Oh, my God. A, a separation of church and state really needed to happen. Yeah. So Lyle's pretty much told to fuck off, more or less, with the response reading the prisoner was defended by able counsel and the petition failed to present new evidence to show the woman was insane. So they're not fucking having it, which we've seen before in cases where the Crown just fails to back, just refuses to back off because yeah. then they'd have to admit 
failure or injustice and they're not fucking having they're it. They're not having it. It makes a precedent then. Exactly. So that is the story of Martha Needle, early Australian serial killer, black widow, and family annihilator. Needles. Yeah, that's needles. She accomplished a bit. Yeah, she did. She she definitely had some achievements to her name. I feel yes. a lot I feel kind of bad for her. A lot of people look at Martha through a lens of compassion these days. She had a fucking shit go of things. Um, she had childhood sexual of a childhood of sexual and physical and emotional abuse. She lived a life marred by violence and clearly had some severe mental illness. I did also read that she'd heard voices regularly. It's thought now that Martha showed signs of disassociative disorder and Munchausen by proxy syndrome, which we which I mentioned earlier. So I'm not saying that she what she did wasn't totally fucking vile. I'm not teen Martha or anything like that. I just think that she was a very sick woman. Yeah. And she would have got the help she needed early days, yeah. hopefully. And I think she's an important story to talk about as well. She's an important part of Australian history. She's pretty renowned for being a, a really, you know, well, what's the word, infamous, infamous female character. serial killer. Yeah. We don't have a whole lot of them, but no. she's she's up there. So... Do you have anything further to add to Martha's story? Do you have any thoughts you want to share? Oh no, I think it was a it was a good story. Good to hear about needles. I look forward to going to have a look at um, yeah, where her headstone is yeah, in the wall is in the wall and her death mask and yeah. If you live in Melbourne, Dark Sider, please go and find it. Send us a photo. I'd love to see it. Yeah, it would be it would be good just a Bit of a, yeah, good good for our history. Yeah. To know you can't all know all the good things. You, no, you really can't. You've got to look at these sorts of things. The dark things. But no, it was, it was very interesting. It, lot, yeah. I look forward to more stories like this. So I have for you a very brief listener story. A listener story. Yes. Give so, it to me. so this is from our listener named Dan. And he just sent me a very short note, which they they can just be short notes. That's fine. And Dan writes, I just thought of this cool, weird experience. My stepmom, I just thought of this cool, weird experience that my stepmom has had. Basically, her mum died a few years back, but she still got all of these messages on her phone. But legit, every now and then on special days like her birthday, the message chain pops up randomly on top of her messages. So the first thing she sees when she opens her messages on her phone are messages from her mum. It's totally bizarre. That's weird. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Is that the same phone? That's it. That's the same. It's the same. I'm not sure. Well, he didn't it, specify. Did you say get other phones? And... I, I would say it is, but, I mean, that's not necessarily because if it's like Facebook yeah. Messenger, you just carry that shit over. Google. But thanks, Dan. That's that's an interesting little short story. Thanks, D-Max. No, I think D-Max. Okay. That's interesting. So if you've got – so that's a good example. It doesn't have to be like a big, long, multi-paragraph story. No. Just send us a short note to yeah. tell us something that happened. You can send it to us on Instagram and Facebook. But both of them are good. Um, DarksideDownUnder.com. There's also a little uh, link on our Facebook page that you can click on. You can record a message. And we'll play it on the pod. And you can be anonymous as well. It's totally up to you. So my references for today's story, I've got Wikipedia, the public record of Victoria, oldtreasurybuilding.org.au and news.com. Nice. And nice wrap-up. Yeah, that's everything that I've got for you today. Thanks for hanging in there. No, thank you very much. Thank you. I have nothing to say. I've for, got nothing to For some reason I've felt I need to be 
proper. It's like I've sobered up, but I haven't had anything to drink today. Well, maybe we can remedy that. It's lunchtime. We need to remedy that. Okay. I'll have a nice little tibble. Thanks for joining us this week, Dark Side. Thanks, guys. Actually, Bluey, before we go, I wouldn't mind doing a couple of quick shout-outs, if you don't mind. Shout-out. So we've got a couple of birthdays coming up. Ooh. And one just gone. First of all, happy birthday to baby sister, Teagues. Teagues, happy birthday. Love you lots. You're a legend. Love you, mate. Have a, have a great day. And, of course, Matthew has just turned 40. 40, good day. Love you too, <laughs> mate. Look, you're 40 now. Things are all going to go south. Your hair's all going to start falling out. Ooh. Oh, wait. Ooh. Watch what what just happened. That ship's already sailed. Not only has it sailed, it's smashed into an iceberg and it's fucking sinking. Happy birthday, mate. Happy birthday, guys. Thanks for all your support. All right, Darksiders, we'll see you all next week. Bye. See ya.